It's time for the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Hey, what's up? Welcome in North Idaho PrepCast, IdahoSports.com. District 1 and 2 breakdown, week in, week out. Brandon Bainey joined by Ryan Skaggs. What's up, Skaggs? What's going on? Oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, my wife North- got me the mug. <laughs> it looks it looks really good. So, North Idaho PrepCast, IdahoSports.com, audio uh, only at IdahoSports.com, or wherever you download podcasts. If you are watching the video version of this PrepCast on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel or Facebook page, you're going to see the coffee mug that Ryan Skaggs is drinking from this morning. It says, IP outside. And it's got uh, <laughs> the bathroom guy taking a leak on a tree. <laughs> yeah, looked uh, looked very festive. This is my coffee mug this morning. Thug life, and it's there. You go, a dog. So if it had a scrunched face, it could be pug life. But yeah, yes, I thought that's what it was going for, but nope, just thug life, I guess. So. <laughs> Anyways, we are off and yes. rolling here with our coffee <laughs> mugs, and we need it because there's so much exciting stuff going on that, you know, I'm just continually trying to find that that buzz from all of the great competition we've had, and coffee is about the only thing I can find that keeps that buzz going into the week. Um, yes. I, I think the big story uh, this past week in competition was the annual Judy Fong Memorial Volleyball Tournament that was held in Lewiston over the weekend. Skaggs, we get to the championship, and you couldn't be from more different worlds. 5A Coeur d'Alene, 1A D1 Troy, meeting up in the championship, and the Vikings get the win. Yeah, you know, it's a, that final that we all called, you know, at the beginning of the season that we'd expect to see the 5A versus 1A D1 school in the championship match of a uh invitational tournament but that's what we got and uh but i mean that says a lot i think about that troy program and the direction you know they continue to to go um a very successful program and team that they've been um and 5a you know Coeur d'Alene's gonna be just fine i believe in the in the iel um 5a but um there's been some some matches i think we also saw what sandpoint beat lake city uh in the last few days as well so there's been some uh, some interesting kind of turns as far as volleyball in North Idaho, and I think that you know there's going to be some sneaky teams up north uh, this year that that could surprise some folks as well. But we have the the stalwarts. I think Coeur d'Alene's going to be really good this year. We know Troy's going to be good. I mean, they've been good in years past, and that's just a program that keeps churning out uh, great volleyball. So that was uh, yeah. I mean, there's some exciting uh, action taking place. I think Prairie even played. Caldwell, if I'm not mistaken, in volleyball in the last few days as well. So, and I think it was a two-one match. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the smaller schools have been able to step toe to toe with the big schools. Yeah, and that's what makes volleyball so great. These tournaments where you're getting smaller schools taking on bigger schools. Uh, for Coeur d'Alene specifically, they have got height in spades this year. Um, they're outside hitters. Uh, you know, Paisley Goings is five ten. Kylie Hart is an opposite hitter at five ten. But then they've got three six-footers. Uh, they've got Cadence Green, Gianna Kalari, and uh, Gia Janke, um, yep. all six feet tall, and a senior, a junior, and a sophomore. So they've got six-footers for at least the next three years, at least one, um, yep. which is crazy got, to think about. They've got the height <laughs> on that front line for sure. And, you know, that just 
that bodes well, you know, being able to to rack up those blocks at, at you know at the line. Like that's gonna be at the net. That's gonna be uh interesting to see how that lineup continues to grow and mature as the season goes on and as they kind of grow to be that cohesive unit. They could challenge it at the five A just based on the height and what they've got and the skill set. Um, you know, on the backside of that that team. Yeah, and you know, at the other level, one A D one for Troy, they're obviously the favorites. But the White Pine League, I think, is going to be really fun. Where yeah. Potlatch is always strong. You mentioned Prairie. Prairie's got a younger team this year, but they look pretty feisty. Uh, Camei's got the incredible athlete Laney Landmark. Um, I just think there's going to be a lot of good quality volleyball in yeah. the White Pine League and in North Idaho in general, which uh, isn't a surprise to anybody that follows the sport. So yeah, because I think yeah. Kendrick's going to be good at one AD two, and I mean there's going to be you know solid solid play all around. You know Clark Fork and Womp and uh, Wallace. Uh, I almost yeah. said Clark Fork and Wampus, but that's not <laughs> no town called Wampus Cats, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no town called Wampus. Wallace and Clark Fork both look really. I mean, it's a lot of good volleyball up in North Idaho uh, for sure. A lot yeah. of good soccer action happening as well, Skags. In, in <clears throat> girls' soccer, we've had some really interesting results the past couple of weeks specifically we're recording this on thursday august 31st last night wednesday the 30th moscow and sandpoint met up on the girls side in what has been to me kind of sneakily one of the best rivalries over the past several years where sandpoint famously was undefeated two years ago until moscow beat them in the district championship and then sandpoint got revenge last year they've just been going back and forth sandpoint wins one nothing on a corner kick in the 72nd minute now moscow is the team that had more opportunities they were the team that was in sandpoint's zone all night but sandpoint makes the one that counts and that's why soccer can be such a cruel game sometimes yeah it's been uh you know sometimes it, and it's it's interesting because it's early in the season too and you're seeing all these league matches take place i mean we're seeing a lot of the five a's as well as you know lewiston taking on Coeur d'Alene and um you know lake city has had a few league matches already as well i mean teams have been beaten up on post falls a little bit the four a's have gotten some wins there um you know lakeland and moscow getting big wins over post falls so it's been uh, it's been a busy early season in girls soccer and, and boys soccer as well. But, you know, we talk about this matchup between Moscow and Sandpoint. And it's it's always come down to it seems like the last five, six years, the league championship match has been decided uh, between those two teams on who gets that lone berth to state. Um, and sometimes the Bears have gotten the best of the Bulldogs in that sense, because the Bulldogs have been the overwhelming favorite, I believe, for probably the better part of this decade, um, you know, the last decade. But. Uh, the Bears just at times seem to have their number, and that's just no no surprise that that match went down to the wire like it did. Yeah, Sandpoint off to a three and one start. Their only loss was to Lewiston by a goal, three to two. Lewiston, by the way, pretty good. They're three and one in league play. They're three and three overall. They lost to a couple of Boise schools uh, in the opening weekend of competition, but Lewiston. Coeur d'Alene, Lake City, all right there in the mix uh, in the five A IEL for girls. Yeah. Um, Lake City and Coeur d'Alene met in the uh, crosstown match. Uh, was that last week? Uh, Saturday. Saturday. Um, and Coeur d'Alene came away with a four to one win. That was kind of eye opening to me. Well, I mean, Lake City had had that that group that had come through for the last few years and been so deep. And I think you know they graduated a lot of talent off that team that had been doing so well. And um, 
you know, I, I look at Coeur d'Alene, like rising tides have lifted all boats as far as athletics for the Vikings. And you're seeing that, especially on the girls' side, um, whether it's volleyball, it's basketball, soccer, softball. I mean, like all these sports have been fairly successful for the Vikings. And um, they've got some really good groups of athletes coming through these last four classes that are moving through have just been absolutely chocked full of, uh, of talent. And, you know, it's showing up. I think Coeur d'Alene is going to be a dangerous team, but you mentioned that Lewiston team, the Bengals, they're the dark, they're my dark horse in the five, a, they, they are pretty lethal as far as what they're able to do. And they're able to score and score in bunches. And, you know, that's going to bode well if they can get offense and, you know, get consistent goalkeeping, they're going to be in a lot of, a lot of games and, you know, they could find themselves playing in the postseason pretty easily. Yeah. And then at the three, a level intermountain league, uh, Timberlake, Bonners Ferry, Coeur d'Alene Charter all undefeated. They are a combined 8-0 this season. Uh, Timberlake 4-0, Bonners 2-0, CDA Charter 2-0. Uh, matches a little slow to roll out there. I know Smoke postponed a couple of matchups um, early on this year, but uh, we think you know Timberlake, Coeur d'Alene Charter going to be competing. Bonners Ferry undefeated. Priest River is 2-1. Yeah. Well, it's that, exciting. Yeah. You look at the IML like that that three A conference that kind of it's a mixture of the two A and three A schools. Um, that's a the overall record for that conference is pretty solid right now. If you look at it as a whole, like there's a lot of teams over five hundred, and um, I know it's early in the year, but there's going to be some lumps taken. I think as the league season rolls on, but you know it's going to be interesting. See, I look at Timberlake and and. Coeur d'Alene Charter as being the favorites, obviously, at the top end of that. But uh, Bonners could have could have something to say, too, down the stretch as well. But um, you just look at the lineup and what returned and the historical success both those teams have had uh, between Timberlake and, and Coeur d'Alene Charter. It's hard to pick against them. Yeah, same on the boys' side. Coeur d'Alene Charter uh, has won twice. They've tied once with McCall Donnelly. We talked about that last week. Bonners Ferry, I think, is also a strong team to keep an eye on on the boys' side. They just lost to Stillwater Christian from Montana 4-2, to but, um, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that for sure. Uh, 4A Sandpoints 2-0. and uh, Otherwise, uh, Lakeland and Moscow have kind of been taking their lumps against the, the 5A schools, but but Sandpoint with a 6 nothing win over Lewiston, a 4 nothing win over Moscow, and now they host Coeur d'Alene, Ryan, later today, Thursday the 31st. We're going to find out pretty quick, you know, where this Sandpoint team stacks up with everything because Coeur d'Alene is two and one and pretty darn yeah. good. Yeah, no, Coeur d'Alene's a, a solid team. And, you know, we're going to find out if the Bulldogs are for real. I mean, we know what they've been able to do the last few years, just like the girls team. But, um, you know, I think that, I mean, I'm going to say they've been the overwhelming favorite and they're going to continue to be the overwhelming favorite in 4A up north. But, um, you know, this could be a group that does some special things this season. I see them making a deep run at state um, just based on what they returned from last year's team and the talent they've brought back um, that they've had come in too. like the, the, the Bulldog team is deep and um, they could definitely make some noise. And it wouldn't surprise me to see them maybe have the best overall record in the IEL this year, just based on the talent and what they've got. Yeah. Coeur d'Alene and Lake City met in boys soccer on Saturday as well. Five minutes in, Jacob Molina scores for the T-Wolves, one nothing. That lead held the entire rest of the way. Lake City gets a one nothing win over Coeur d'Alene. Can't wait for the rematch between those two. That was a really fun match. So. Yeah, and that's and that's a you know, those are two good programs as well. And you know, obviously at the five eight level. So, 
you know, you could see both those teams realistically making it to the postseason as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, between the, the Coeur d'Alene Lake City standpoint, I mean, that's kind of your creme de la creme of the, the IEL up north this year. Yeah, for sure. So that's what's happening in <laughs> soccer and volleyball. Uh, let's uh, shift the, the conversation now to football, Ryan, and what happened this past week. I think we have to start with post falls. Going to Sandpoint, yeah. season opener for both squads. Uh, 41-21 Trojans, and uh, no Jake Bustamante, no problem. Tevin Burns, 253 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. What a, he was what just waiting for his turns, man. He could he would have been doing this last year, too. Like, seriously, you know, we saw him get the touches against Lake City, and he went off for almost 300 in that game uh, last year. We're going to see this a lot week in and week out, especially with that offensive line that Post Falls has back. Um, the hog mollies up front and then on the back end of that defense, you know, they're as physical as it gets. Um, and they, they flexed. I mean, and standpoint, not a bad team. I think with Hunter Garcia quarterback, you know, they're going to be able to do some things against the four, a teams. They really will. Um, they've got, you know, talent out there on the outside the defense. Secondary is really good. The back end of that defense is solid. Um, they didn't lose a lot there from graduation, but, you know, it's up front is where they're kind of going to have to make some hay up on the offensive line. I mean, that's where it's going to have – Sandpoint's going to have to hang their hat. But newsflash, you could cue the old-timey radio news music, but uh, this just in Post Falls is going to be really good this year. Uh, you just look at that team, and they're complete. Um, you know, I'm excited to see what they're able to do. You know, Coeur had a tough game. We'll talk about that one as well. Um, but, you know, if you want to talk about teams that have been showing up, I think – making the, the best appearance so far early in the season. Obviously, Coeur d'Alene got the big win over Rigby, but I would say Post Falls is right there just based on what they showed uh, week one. Yeah, uh, and Post Falls was the only team in the league to win. Coeur d'Alene shut out by Rocky Mountain 16 to nothing, but Coeur d'Alene defense came to play four takeaways. Uh, Nolan Christ, Tucker Booth, Owen Harris all recovered fumbles. Shea Robertson had an interception. Uh, so the Vikings lose a tight one, 16 to nothing. You had Lewiston playing Woods Cross, Utah in the Rocky Mountain Rumble. Bengals fall 35 to 10. Uh, and then uh, Drew Hottinger threw a touchdown to Jordan Bramlett among the highlights there. And then Lakeland, the 4A team, uh, knocks off Lake City 13 to 12 uh, in the season opener for Lake City. Um this was to me the most interesting game and we can talk about the other two, but I wanted to hone in on this one specifically uh, because Lakeland builds up this 13, nothing lead Ezra Benson scores on a 23 yard touchdown run. Owen Forsman hits two field goals, 25 and 49 yards. <laughs> Owen yeah, Forsman. He's going to hit over 50 this year. He'll hit a 50 yarder. Can I, can I say this? He's, He's too good for the Vandals. He's going to be – I feel yeah. like he's going to be there. He's talking about Hershey, though, going to Idaho State, too. So, I mean – And then and then he parlayed that into a bigger yes. um, opportunity. So, I, I could see yeah. Forsman hitting the portal for sure. Vandals oh, fans sure. don't want to hear that, but uh, – But it's like match made in heaven is like Lakeland kickers going to Idaho. Like, that's just what Lakeland kickers do. Right. Um, you know, they've, they've had a, a train kind of, it seems like, special teams-wise going through Idaho. But – um. No, I look at it. I look at Forsman, and he's he's under he's underranked as far as his ability as a kicker. He's so stinking good. Um, yeah. and that's no knock to Coach Eck and what he's doing at Idaho, but like Owen Owen can kick big time. He he could be 
you know, F F F B S really easy, really easy. Yes. Yeah. He's nails for sure. So, so Lakeland builds up this 13, nothing lead and then Lake city rallies. Um, Avery cherry throws a 46 yard touchdown to Jacob Hill brings him to within 13, seven. And then with 55 seconds to play 55 seconds, uh, Ike Johnson scores on a five yard touchdown run. And I love this, even though, because you can't have results oriented thinking, you have to just think process wise, First year coach Byron Hout, first game at Lake City says, I'm going for two and the lead and the potential win. They don't get the two point conversion, so they end up losing 13 to 12. Now, results oriented thinking is, ah, you shouldn't have gone for it because he didn't get it. But I I loved the call. Yeah, I like the um, call. And I, I love the aggressiveness and the confidence that Coach Hout had in his team. Yeah, I'm never gonna I'm never gonna like doubt a coach for going for two. I really don't. I mean, in high, especially in high school ball, you know, with the exception of guys like we talked about Owen Forsman and Hershey and those type of kickers, there's inconsistency there at times. And that's not, you know, I'm not slighting anybody for Lake city, but I think that your chances are higher, you know, getting two, you know, two yards, three yards. You know, I, I like that chance a lot better than hitting a contested kick. And, you know, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to fault coach out for going for the W there. Um, just based on the ability that they had in the fourth quarter to move the ball, that makes total sense. And, um, you know, that was that it's like, you know, close score Lake City Lakeland game. It's just what they do, man. It seems like every game they have comes down to the wire, it seems. But um, that was a, a good effort and, and a great game. You know, running back for Lakeland went off for a really nice game as well. So there, there's, there's, you know, Lakeland's got some talent out there on the field. Yeah, and and for I thought it was the correct call by Coach Howitt because Lake City had all the momentum, right? Yeah. Lake Lake Lund hadn't scored since the third quarter. Lake City had all the momentum, and so you figure you go to overtime, momentum kind of resets, and, and you yeah. kind of give Lake. So, anyways, well, they got chunk plays down that last drive too, and I mean, yeah. I like I don't I don't fault the play call one bit because they were just getting chunks and chunks at a time, getting that touchdown. So yeah, for sure, yeah, there's no second guessing here. Yeah, Co- Coeur and Lewiston, real quick. I, th- I think they're both going to be fine. Both played really good opponents. Um, yeah. Different well, different outcomes. You know, Lewiston gives up a lot of points. Coeur doesn't score any points. Um, but I think of the two, I, I'm really liking Coeur Now, it was my first chance to watch Lewiston. Um, but I think, boy, this three-team race at the top. And, and who knows? Lake City could be there as well. Um, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how league play shakes out. Yeah, and that's you know I, we talk about Coeur d'Alene real quick too. Is like you look at the opponent that they played too. I mean, right. Rocky Mountain holding Rocky Mountain to sixteen points. That's that's saying something. There's there's definitely something to hang your hat on. I, I think the goose egg on the board is going to kind of get under the skin a little bit of Coach Amos this week. Um, but you know, did your defense can force that many turnovers and hold you know a, a state championship contender to sixteen points? I mean, you're going to take your chances in a situation like that. And, you know, if at the end of the day saying, hey, you're going to hold your you're going to hold Rocky Mountain to 16 points. How do you think you're going to do? You know, you're going to give yourself more often than not. Hey, yeah, we, we could be on top on the on the winning end of this one. Obviously, offensively, they didn't get it done. Um, but that's that's a championship effort from that defense. Offensively, they've got to clean some things up. And I think you saw that a little bit, you know, towards the end of the Rigby game. But um, you know, Vikings are going to be just fine. They're going to be, they're going to be okay. Yeah. And, and really 
six six of the 16 points came on a defensive touchdown for Rocky. They've got this kid, Brody Swearheart, who two weeks in a row has taken a pick six back for a touchdown. He's yep. playing out of his mind. So really, Cordelaine gave up 10 points to yep. the Rocky offense, um, which is just really impressive. Um, all right, let's round of applause for Moscow football. They have had a tough go of it the past couple of years with low numbers. Yep. Um, and, and Moscow is traditionally kind of a proud football program. You know, when you look back at the history and even like, you know, dating back to the 1920s and thirties, you know, Moscow was the big bad team on the block and um, they shut out Kellogg 34, nothing. That's a four a over a two a, but you got to look beyond that because when you're in this part of the, just building up a program, Wins or wins. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And this is Moscow's first win since September 17th of 2021. Kudos to the Lewiston Tribune for looking up that stat. Yeah. Um, Rob Bafis is doing what he can to get these guys competitive. And uh, Noah Velasco, five touchdowns, four through the air, one on the ground. And Velasco's four touchdowns came to four different receivers. Levi Anderson, Keaton Fry. Connor Isaacson and Butch Kiblin. This was a great. Yeah, there's a bunch of youth. There's some youth getting those those tutties too. So, you know, they're going to be. You know, if they can keep the kids out and hungry, you know, the tide will turn in Moscow. I mean, you can you can turn that program around because you always you know the talents walk in the hallways there. Um, you know, it's it's the motivation factor of keeping those kids engaged and keeping them driving. And you know, they didn't quit. They got the first win. And like I said, take them when you can get them. I've been on the side of some of those teams in rebuilding years. And that is just, it's hard. Like you can co be the best coach in the world. And sometimes you just end up with, I mean, I can remember one year we had, I think it was like 17 sophomores. We had two seniors on the entire roster. And so you're like looking, it's like you're a bunch of juniors and seniors, but even that junior class, you're like leaning on them. And there was only like 12. It's like, what can you do? <laughs> you know? So it's like, right. you, you have to play a bunch of young kids and that's kind of the position Moscow's in right now. Um, but they're responding. They got to win against Kellogg, who's not going to be a slouch. I think at two A, they're going to be competitive within their conference this year. They're not going to be what we saw last year. Obviously, those are some generational talents to come through that school. But um, you know, to get a win, a win is a win at this point, and you get a thirty-four nothing win. That's a big, big stance for for Moscow to kind of take. You know, looking ahead. There's there's some lumps possibly standing out there for the Bears, too. But, you know, you take what you can get right now in the season and see what kind of momentum can build through the year. And, um, you know, I don't want to say there's moral victories, but there kind of is in, in getting that big of a win. So, you know, Coach Bavis has his work cut out for him, but he's doing the right things with that group. And there's talent there. They just got to keep working hard. But, yeah. yeah. Good, good win for Moscow, though, and glad to see him off the schneid a little bit there. Uh, 3A football, you've got two teams kind of going in two different directions, I feel like, where historically Timberlake has kind of been, okay, we're the power up here. We run the ball. We go deep into the playoffs. Uh, Bonner's Ferry last year had a all-timer, right? 9-0, and yeah. regular season, lost a lot to graduation. I think Timberlake has now kind of reestablished themselves at the yeah. – uh, the, the seat head seat at the table. Um, they're two and oh, they shut out South Fremont 43, nothing. Now this is not a South Fremont team that we're used to seeing. They're, they're down considerably this year. Yeah. Um, but 264 rushing yards in this shutout win. And they've got three got It's a three headed monster with Cooper lens, uh, Vaughn Higgins and a guy they took from the track. Kaius Tebby, who yeah. is playing football for the first time, 
or, or for the first time in a couple of years at least. And um, he's a great hurdler in track. We talked about this last week, but um, this is a three-headed monster in this Timberlake backfield. And I'm really looking forward to it's at the end of the month. We got a lot of games to go still skags, but it's a game you're going to be at for IdahoSports.com. We just got the green light for it this week. Timberlake hosting Sugar Salem at the end of the yeah. month is going to be a fantastic battle on IdahoSports.com. That's that. I don't, you know, you talk about trap games for certain teams. You're coming all the way up from Southern. I don't want to like jinx anybody, but I look <laughs> at this Timberlake team and the way they're playing right now. That's a tall task to, to have a short week, you know, coming out and you look at Sugar's schedule and you have a short week coming into that game to where you have to spend a full day of travel to get up here. That's, you know, it's going to bode well um, for for Timberlake, I think, in that game. That's going to be a competitive, fun ball game to have on a, on a Friday night in North Idaho. End of September, the weather is usually great. You usually get, like, cooler evenings, and it's just going to be kind of one of those games that, you know, if you've never been to a game there in, in Spirit Lake, too, that's a gorgeous setting. you got the mountains in the background and everything, and um, I'm excited for that game. That's going to be a, a ton of fun, but you know, the, the Tigers can't get caught looking ahead either. They got to take care of business yes. the next few weeks before that one. But uh, you talk about a primer for a state playoff game. That's, you don't get much big, bigger than that, that affair right there. Yeah. I'm probably a bit premature in bringing this up, but we, we have plenty of runway still to talk about <laughs> Sugar Salem and Timberlake. Uh, Timberlake this week, uh, interesting game at home against Shadle Park. High from Spokane. That's a win. I look at that. That's that could be a, a big win for Timberlake. I mean, it's a it's a two way Spokane school. Um, you don't want to slight the Spokane teams, but uh, historically, Shadle's been one of those teams that's kind of you know hot and cold. Um, last year, they challenged a little bit in the uh, in the GSL at the two A ranks, but I, I think that Timberlake could could manhandle them with especially the way they run the ball. That could be a big win for the Tigers. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see for sure. Um, at Bonners Ferry, they go to Eureka, my favorite place in Montana, and they lose 45 uh, you know, We'll see how they read that. I, I don't know if that says more about the, you know, because Eureka historically is one of the bigger schools for their classification. So, um, you know, I'd be interested to see how Bonners Ferry does this week. Um, 2A, uh, I really liked St. Mary's hosted Melba in a game that was a late add to the schedule. Melba originally Skaggs was going to play salmon. They were going to travel all the way over to East Idaho out in the boonies and play salmon. Salmon goes, eh, we don't have enough kids. We're, we're not doing a varsity season. Melba's like, well, now what do we do? Well, let's head into the woods, but the other direction we'll go up into St. <laughs> Mary's. I think this was a better matchup for both teams. Salmon wouldn't have been very good. Um, Melba gets the win 38 to 22, but I thought the lumberjacks actually played pretty well in this contest and under first year coach, Greg Rouse. Um, I still like the lumberjacks a lot. Yeah. I think, I think same is going to be just fine. The way they're able to run the ball. Um, you know, like that's, they're going to be, they're going to be okay. It's just, it's one of those early season games. I think Melba is going to be pretty good this year too. I look right. at what they've got. They can stretch the field that that Melba team is going to be able to, to do some things down South, you know, but um, St. Mary's they're going to be all right. I think league schedule, I still think they're going to find their way into the playoffs. They played pretty solid defense. They're pretty sound defensively and, you know, they don't do too much. They don't play outside of who they are and, you know, as TV's coach speak, but um, you know, I like, I like St. Mary's a lot. They're going to utilize that running game to set up the pass, but um, that coaching staff, there's some motivation too there. I mean, with everything else going on behind the scenes, but, um, there's, 
you know, a lot of kids that know how to win in that program that have took some lumps the last few years and going through the COVID years too. And, um, you know, I know there's some motivation with that senior class to end with a, a pretty nice run there for the Wolves. Yeah. Jack Barta, 134 yards passing, two touchdowns. Trey Gibson rushed for 109 yards. Really, the key was the second quarter. Melba outscores St. Mary's 22 to six in that second quarter. And um, otherwise, pretty even draw the rest of the way. Uh, eight man football. Let's talk about uh the game we're going to have this week on idahosports.com it's going to be a little north idaho game night between clearwater valley and logos little white pine league opener um these teams had drastically different fridays a week ago uh logos goes to lakeside goes over to, to, to plumber and shuts out the knights 56 to nothing uh, Clearwater Valley hosts notice, and they're on the wrong end of it, 72 to 54. Let, let's start with the, the Knights of Logos. Battle of the Knights, by the way. Logos Knights, Lakeside Knights. Logos yep. wins. Um, Jack Driscoll, he completed six passes, Skaggs, for 201 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> That's, uh, I mean, you look at his stats last year, passing the ball at eight-man level. He led, I believe he led all of eight-man in passing last year. Um but he's got some he's got some speed on the outside, you know, at receiver. You don't need to throw a lot if you're scoring a touchdown. It's like, okay, first down and 10 from the 20, you know, whoop, touchdown. Okay, what do you do about that? Like, you're literally throwing, like, six passes, all of which I believe were, like, 45 yards or longer. Like, it wasn't <laughs> – so, you know, there's not much you can do about that when you're torching the secondary, but he can do it with his feet too. So that Logos team could be a little – tricky this year in the in the white pine i look at them they're a dark horse uh they got a tall task in front of them i think clearwater valley notice is really good like let's be real there notice is a pretty solid team this year um there will be it'll be a tall test i think it'll be a fun game i still look at logos as getting the win just because offensively they can light it up and they give defenses just some some issues um the way they're able to spread the ball out and throw i i did the math on this skags um Six passes completed, 201 yards. That is 33.5 yards per completion <laughs> for Jack Driscoll. That's ridiculous. But he was right on my, you know, when I did the all Idaho, North Idaho team last year, he was on that honorable mention list. Like he was, he was right there. I mean, you statistically look at what he did um, throwing the ball. I believe he was a junior last year. So he's a senior this year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's going to have himself a heck of a heck of a season if they're able to do that again, um, the defense is going to have to, to get them the ball back. Like they did this last week against Lakeside. Um, and, you know, they can jump on teams quick and early that, that low cost team could be, could be a problem come, come October, November. So or October yeah. at least, but yeah. Yeah. And for Clearwater Valley, this is the game that I was at Skaggs. So you look at the final score, 72 to 54 and you go, boy, that's a butt kicking. And yet, you know, when I talked to head coach Alan Hutchins after the game, he goes, really, you know, it boiled down to three plays and, and they got 18 points off those three plays. And otherwise, yeah. you know, we're, we're even the rest of the way. So the game started off pretty wild. Tiago Pickering returns the opening kickoff for a touchdown for the Rams. Notice goes, okay, we're not kicking to that guy anymore. Not only are we not kicking it to that guy, we're going to do some onside kicks. Notice gets two consecutive onside <laughs> kicks in that first half, and both of those lead to touchdowns, and that's where Notice was able to build up a little bit of a lead. Um, yeah. And then right right before it, so those were two of the three plays that, that Coach Hutchins was talking about. And then the third one was right before halftime. Landon Schleeper is back to pass. 
Um, he's wrapped up by a couple of defenders. Instead of just taking the sack, he tries to do a Brett Favre style, you know, pass. And uh, it ends up getting picked by Benny Guevara and returned for a touchdown um, right before halftime for notice. But yeah, I actually was pretty encouraged by Clearwater Valley. Uh, they gave up a lot of rushing yards, but, you know, talking to them, you know, they think it was more of an alignment issue defensively. They've got good athletes. They just weren't yeah. in the right positions. They're going to correct that and fix that. Carson Schilling, we thought was going to be the quarterback for CV. They said, you know, he's pretty good. He's a pretty good running back and receiver. Maybe we'll put Schleeper, 6'4", yeah. back there. Schilling scores four touchdowns. I really think Clearwater Valley and Logos is going to be a really fun, competitive game, and I'm expecting – uh, better performance from the Rams in this one. Yeah, no, and I, I mean, like you said, it's those those few plays were the difference in that ball game. And then you look at it, you know, when you hear a gaudy score like seventy two to fifty six or fifty four, whatever it was, it's like, oh, that's that's like three possessions. Like, really, your your game is hinging upon probably a couple a turnover and a couple of mistakes, like blown assignments or something. That's literally what happened. And so, you know, you see that like you can correct stuff like that. That's stuff you can coach around. Um, to have those coachable moments. So it's like, you know, you keep your head within the game. It's like first game of the year. You can have a game like that and then, you know, show up the next week and you can blow the doors off of somebody if you you correct those assignments. So I look at that one. I'm not going to freak out if I'm Clearwater Valley. You got a big test this week with Logos coming to town. That's an offensive team that, that can give you some problems. Um, so it'll be it'll be a good week. And I look at like, you know, eight-man football this week. Man, there are some awesome games going on you know, around North Idaho and the rest of the state that we'll obviously talk about. But um, eight man's it's getting interesting early <laughs> with some of the scheduling that's been done. It's getting early late, especially in the White Pine League. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Friday night, Clearwater Valley at Logos. Uh, Garrison the Hunk Hardy will be on the call along with yours truly. I'll be doing colors. So uh, that'll be he's going to hate that I called him the Hunk. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, having some fun with Garrison over there. Uh, District two broadcast. Yeah, Garrison's a great guy. So, um, all right, let's talk about uh, 1AD2 quickly. Uh, Kendrick beats Council 66 to 14. Uh, Hunter Taylor was the IdahoSports.com player of the game. Three catches, three touchdowns. He's like Chris Carter back in the day for the Minnesota Vikings. All he does is catch touchdowns. Three catches, 100, 115 yards, three scores. Lewis County beats Salmon River, 40-22. to 22. Gage Crow rushes for 232 yards and four touchdowns in the win. Most exciting game was Deary and Troy. Uh, yep. It goes to overtime. You know, uh, Deary is trailing uh, in regulation. Nolan Hubbard leads the team down the field, throws the game-tying touchdown to Tucker Ashmead late in the fourth to send the game to overtime. Um, and then he scores the winning touchdown on a one yard run in OT. So good win for Deary over Troy in overtime, 34, 28. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a big win. And then you, you set the table obviously for this week. And then you've got games like Oakley and Kendrick, you know, on the blue down in Boise. That's going to be an awesome game too. I mean, like there's, there is, there's games all over the place. Lewis County, you know, with the big win, obviously last week and, and, I, I look at the Eagles and, you know, that can be a springboard to the rest of the season. They play cascade this week or sorry, they play council this week and they have cascade next week. So two games that, you know, you want a couple prove it weeks back to back for the Eagles that, that here's your chance right here with council, a playoff team last year. And, you know, cascade a team that hopes to be challenging within their conference as well. Um, so, and then you follow up with Kendrick, that's kind of a murderer's row for the Eagles, but a chance if you can go, you can go two and one, you know, out of that, 
out of that stretch, you're going to be looking pretty good for the, the back end of that season as you work your way into the postseason, possibly. Uh, Deary is one of those teams, though, the Mustangs could be a dark horse in the in the White Pine and it won AD2. You know, looking at what they do, they got Lakeside, Potlatch, Timberline in the next three games. Sorry, Kootenai, which is a winnable game, Lakeside, Potlatch. Um, then you throw Timberline in on that one. That's that's a stretch right there for Deary. They could be undefeated, you know, coming through down the stretch very easily or very possibly um, as they close out the year, obviously, with Kendrick. So that's kind of a big test, you know, the big rivalry game at the end of the year for them. You know, that could be uh, that could be a big moment for Deary. Um, yeah. With, a, with, I think, a favorable schedule in the middle of the year. Yeah, Tim Olson doing a good job coaching the Mustangs there. Uh, Lapway yeah. did ball out in a big win over Timberline. I still think Timberline's going to be competitive in that 1AD2 White Pine League, and Lapway might be better than we thought, too. That, yeah. that 1AD1 White Pine League is going to be must-watch football every single week. Uh, Mullen St. Regis won a shootout with Superior Montana, which is big. Superior's kind of the eight-man juggernaut yeah. over there in Montana. Uh, Clark Fork beat Kootenai 26 nothing. That game was called, I was told, was called at halftime. Kootenai yeah. just, you know, struggling with players uh, and having enough again this year. And I really hope they can, you know, get enough bodies and, and finish a campaign out. But um, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that, certainly. All right, let's yeah. talk about the big game, IdahoSports.com, Friday afternoon. So here's what you can do. You can tune in to Kendrick and Oakley in the battle in Boise on the blue turf at Albertson Stadium, Boise State. Right around the time that game's wrapping up, you should be able to swing it over to Clearwater Valley and Logos for a little yep. double dip of North Idaho game night on idahosports.com. Kendrick and Oakley met last year in Cambridge, Idaho, home of the Tri-Valley Titans. Kendrick won a very high-scoring back-and-forth game, and I think the rematch is going to be just as fun. You can watch it on idahosports.com. It kicks off Friday afternoon. At, let, me, let me double check the time. Matinee football, man. It's, I'm digging it. Like, yes. Uh, you can treat your Friday this week almost like a normal Saturday you would with college football. <laughs> three, 3 p.m. Mountain, 2 p.m. Pacific. Pacific time. So that's going to be fun to watch. That's yeah, going to be a lot that's of a fun. Great, and that's going to be a great venue down there, too, at, at BSU. You know, those three games that are going to be on the blue, and there's going to be. Uh, some fireworks. I think Kendrick, you know, they like to play on the big stage. They're going to put on a show. I mean, Coach Hobart and his crew, they're going to be they're going to be ready to roll. Let's put it that way. And I know that, that, that Ty is probably listening right now in class. So Ty kept that as so because um, he's such a big fan of ours. <laughs> I don't know why, but he still is. But uh, right. yeah, I mean, you look at that group, though, with with what they're able to do in, in the defensive side of that ball. They just they freaking fly over the field. Um, you know, does Oakley have enough athletes to overcome that swarming defense that Kendrick has? They play physical, they get turnovers. I mean, they force throws. So it'll be, uh, I think it's going to be a great game. I like the Tigers in this one still, um, just because I think athletically it's it's going to be really tough to match up with, with what they put out there, especially on the outside. You get into a throwing matchup with Kendrick, it ain't going to go well for you. Yeah, it's it's going to be uh, a lot of fun. Neither neither side, Oakley nor Kendrick, uh, played the starters much because both games were so lopsided. So, yeah. um, starters are going to play the whole contest here. Yeah. on Friday afternoon. No, we want to see what Kendrick is. This is your chance to see what you know. Like you get to watch them for four quarters, probably in this one. So yeah, for sure. And uh, real quick before we wrap up, I just found out it sounds like Kootenai maybe canceled their game for this Friday. So we talked about Ooh. having to call the game at halftime last week. Now putting the brakes on for this week, and hopefully they 
they can get enough bodies there. Okay, give yeah. me one game that we didn't talk about that you're excited to watch, and then we'll we'll duck out of here. Oh man, I'm trying to go through the schedule in my head and who's playing five A this week. Uh, post fall, who's post falls play? Uh, post falls is at Timberline. Um, Timberline's not very okay. good. They're owing yeah, two. It's gonna be a win. Um, Lewiston has a. Do they play a, a or Oregon school? Are they playing Pendleton this week? Yeah. So Lewiston is going to encounter. Oh, they're playing Capital, Capital at Donald. That could be a good game. That could yeah, be a good yeah. game. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if Capital's good. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I like, but Lewiston. I mean, thirty-five ten. Woods Cross is really good, but Lewiston's defense has got to got to step up a little bit. I think that that Capital game could be better than you think, but um, just athlete wise. But I look at Hottinger having a good. He's going to have a hot hand this weekend. But yeah, and we got to see what the running game does. I mean, Jackson Lathan. I think he could could go off as well. So yeah, yeah. The game I'm most intrigued to see is Wallace at Lakeside because these are okay. we we think there's you know Mullen St. Regis at the top, Clark Fork maybe right behind. Where do Wall? You there? <laughs> Did we lose you? <laughs> with these two matchups, Quincy Hall uh, ran the ball really well. For tell me a lot about this conference and how it might shake out. So that's the game I'm most looking forward to seeing how it plays out so he throws up on us just right. a little bit briefly <laughs> oh no <laughs> okay i'll tell you oh here's the game here's the game i'll give you right here up north did you did you at least hear the game i said yeah lakeside and wallace yeah just to see what the pecking order might look like in that in that league but okay go ahead here's here's your game pullman at lakeland okay pullman washington at lakeland that's gonna be Lakeland, if they can show up defensively and get some stops, they're going to be just fine. But that's Coach Kofer's team with the Greyhounds. Know him very well. Um, you know, I had a chance to coach with him. Those are two schools that I formerly coached. Um, so, you know, that's going to be an right, interesting matchup. The, yeah, it's the Skags Bowl. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I might, I might be walking the sidelines for that one just to, to <laughs> get that, take that one all in. But uh, yeah, no, a great. That should be a great game at Lakeland on Friday night. The Greyhounds taking on the Hawks. Yeah, that'll be a fun one for sure. So, all right. Well, enjoy the competitions uh, all over across every athletic arena this weekend, everybody. And thank you for tuning in to the North Idaho PrepCast. For Ryan Skaggs, I'm Brandon Bainey, and we'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.